1: Preach Care, Preach with Rashad, we are the Prophets. Here in the episode, another sermon coming at you from 12 On Sports, Zingo TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you can find us. Rashad, man, what's going on?
2: What it do, man? Summer's coming to an end, so hot part of summer, I can't say it no more, man. You know, it's <laughs> it's hot out, but, you know, we're going to slowly transition to that uh, into the fall months pretty soon, you know, in August, September. So, but let's let's enjoy the hot part of summer while we can,
1: man. Oh, definitely, man. Uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a trying week, uh, you know, for those who who've been essential all all COVID, uh, you know, having to deal with the ups and downs of work, man, and you know, it's uh, it's time to unwind. Why well, got? I finally get to come home and watch some sports before we got like before the next day of work, I, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, I you know. Get getting to watch the games. It was like what five, six games on the day. It just, it just, it just make it make you know going to work and come back home even that more fun.
2: Sure, going watching the games at work on the midday game. Hey, what everything yeah. everything on East Coast time right now. I mean this is a a rare year, man, where you know they starting games at one thirty, two o'clock. So you can be on your lunch break, or uh, you know you can just be sitting in your car, you know, just chilling, riding somewhere if you got. You know, you were streaming service or something like that. You can be watching the game or at least listening to it while you're doing your thing at work or something like that.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so, you know, the two teams already clinched in the bubble and, you know, just got watching the Bucks come back from behind against the Miami Heat. Um, at, You know, obviously these two teams have been the best two teams record-wise whole season, Um, you know, just – as far as, like, you know, catching teams on good nights, uh, Giannis, EVP is the reason why LeBron Davis is up there for MVP, uh, my guy Chris Middleton, 50-40-90, um, just put on a, a crazy performance just a minute ago against the Miami Heat. Um, I want to ask you, though, like, when, when, you, when you are so good, like, record-wise and, and so far ahead of the pack and, you know, only eight games and if you got a six-game lead, it wasn't that many games you had to play to clinch. What? Well, how do you feel about these teams? Uh, like you know, the Bucks laid down against the Nets. Um, even if the Lakers lost to the Raptors, who then they, they clinched the next day, then they got the Rockets um, on on tonight, and who know? And I don't think LeBron's not playing, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like a you know, another way of sitting down, and resting, whatever. W- where is the line between like going hard versus, versus taking it easy and, and and waiting for the playoffs because that's the most important part.
2: Well, it's different for both teams. For the Bucks, they already had an astounding a lead in their conference. So they're thinking, all right, we just want to get our guys back in shape, stay healthy. And really, all they're playing for right now is just to get to the second round because the second round will be their first chance at true meaningful basketball. Like the games now, they count, but they don't count. You know, yeah. they, they go towards your win loss record, you know, they go towards your coaches. Win loss record for his, you know, career record and Hall of Fame status at some point, or whatever. If you, you know, if Bud was to get to that level, but the games kind of really don't count for them. They're just trying to get guys back in some rhythm, shooting the ball, team chemistry wise, stuff like that. You know, you want to protect your stats the best way you can for the last eight games, just so you can get to 90 or just so Giannis can kind of lock up MVP. But I think for the most part, these eight games really won't change anybody's mind. I think if you already had Giannis MVP, that shouldn't change. If you already had LeBron MVP, that shouldn't change in eight games. So for each team, it's different. For the Bucks, they're just trying to get through, the, get through these eight games, probably going to sweep the Nets in the first round and get to the second round to play whoever is that four or five seed. For the Lakers, on the other hand, I think their main thing was just get a little bit of rhythm, Try to figure out their rotations again with no Rondo, no Bradley. You brought in JR. You brought in Waiters. So you're trying to really figure out how can we stack up some minutes, who works best with who on the court, off the court, all that kind of stuff. Let's get LeBron back ramped up. Let's get AD back ramped up. Who's going to be our second point guard when LeBron go to the bench? Like they're trying to figure out little stuff like that. So even for them, the games count, but they don't count.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm about to say Charles Barker said at halftime. About the her members quote, like preseason preseason don't count, but they matter, and you know like the Bucks, like I've, I've been telling people, like they you know I, I, I was telling you earlier, I was like you know it's it's kind of hard to put a bet on a Lakers team or, or, or a Bucks team just right now because you really don't know, and you know we put the you put a bet on the Lakers, oh bronze out, he's like ah, like you know how much of a chance do the Lakers really got versus you know uh, Jalen Harden or Russell Westbrook and the boys like. So it's kind of like yeah you, you have to find that balance and and uh, not to not to risk all the way out but also not go too hard because you don't want to get injured like Lopez hitting the floor, Giannis hitting the floor, you know Davis you breathe on him he falls so it's kind of like you don't want nobody to get really hurt going into this playoffs because the the whole that's what that's what you're that's what you're here for you're here to go to the NBA Finals and and, and play and and if you you know you lose key pieces on the way because you're trying to play hard versus a uh, you know, a grizzly team or something. You know, you know you, you messing yourself up, and I think you got to be you got to be at a straddle that fence. And I, I'm kind of glad the Bucks came back and won this game. Uh One, sucking with can wear the hat. Uh, and two, uh, j- just just to show everybody like effort, like because everybody been talking about the Bucks every time they have a bad game. Every time the Lakers have a bad game, they're they're the butt of everybody jokes. Clippers lose to the Suns. And I didn't really see too much about the Clippers. You see more about the praise. The praise of Devin Booker versus Wait,
2: like on book right. right for the culture
1: boy <laughs> right and then like you know but like if the Lakers did that they'll they'll be killing LeBron and Davis more than they would be praising Devin Booker in my opinion and I didn't do the same thing for the Bucks and I, did, I guess that's because they're winning the most whatever uh, but yeah so it's it's kind of hard to coast to the playoffs um, with a couple games left or like four four games left and um, it's kind of like I said you got to find that balance and for Giannis and 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 them and the Bucks and, and A.D. and LeBron with the Lakers, like you said, you have to find the rotations, all that right good stuff, because you never know what's going to happen. And you see the heat, no Jimmy, no Drogic, how they're going to find rotation. You got to be able to, as a coach, you got to be able to be ready for that. And uh, I think Bud and I think Vogel, they are more more than capable of doing so. Um, So I do like what they're doing. I I wonder how much they're going to rest the rest of the way. Uh, That's kind of what I'm looking for.
2: I mean, honestly, I know – we're kind of focusing on the Lakers and the Bucks, But even beyond those those two teams, I think there's probably at least another four or five, maybe even six teams that are kind of just in the mode of these games matter, but they don't matter. Like another example is the Clippers. The Clippers were without Lou Will because of, shout out Magic City, he had to go get his wings. So, you know, uh, we got him.
1: Shout out
2: Magic. Um, uh sending <laughs> prayers to Montrez Harold with his family stuff. So he's not back with the team yet. All right. Uh, speed recovery to Pat Bev. He he had a little knee, a few little injuries going on, I think, with his knee or leg, something like that. So even the Clippers, they're not at their peak strength. And they honestly haven't been since training camp, you know, because Paul oh, George, George started late and stuff like that. So even the Clippers, they're just in the the mode of let's just try to figure it out. Let's get guys back in shape. And let's figure it out. Um, I would also say even Denver's trying to just let's figure it out. Um, I a lot of injuries. I, 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 I love Michael Porter Jr., but he's come on the last two or three games. You got that elite phenomenon, Bo Bow, who's finally <laughs> coming into his own. They've dealt with Gary Harris injured and on this year, stuff like that. So even even the Nuggets, they're trying to just let's just get through it. Are we going to be two seed, three seed? Because I mean, oh, they, they they could manage. dip down, but but for the most part, you know, if you go four and four, I mean, four, yeah. you're going to be a two or three I, seed. I hope so. they don't
1: hope they don't go zero and four the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, so,
2: <laughs> yeah, teams like Clippers, uh, Nuggets, even on the East, you know, Raptors and Celtics, they're, they were kind of close for us, like, you know, I, I value it, but everybody doesn't, you know, like the divisional standings, all that kind of stuff, so like, they were just kind of playing for two, three seeding, but for the most part, their teams are generally healthy, Yeah. and they're just kind of like, let's just win some games, get back in shape, and lock up our spot. So, you know, I think it's a few other teams that were kind of in the mode. let's just get through these eight games the best way we can. Cause you got Kimba nursing injury and stuff like that. So just kind of work your way back in. Let's get through it. And let's hope nobody gets any soft tissue injuries so we can go into yeah. the actual playoff series and start trying to, you know, pursue a championship.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you mentioned about the two and three seed. I, I think that does matter just because just because not even for them, because they're going to play each other the second round, but it's like, who you getting in the six spot in the East? You have you have a good solid six teams, and you know the Magic. The Magic, they're they okay. You know like they have this, they, they this got crappy. pieces, this, this right? Crappy. Right. Yeah they, yeah, they got pieces, but then they're not together. So it's kind of like okay, if you get the two seed, you're pretty much going to win the series, and and even even so, in, as a, as a three, but it's like the way it's looking, six is maybe the six seed, and you know that just you got to play Embiid. He might be the best player on the court. You know what i Like any given moment, Ben Simmons' injury. But you know, if, if he comes back or not, you know, he got a problem. But you know, Tobias. Yeah, and that all could
2: be that. a that could be a huge turning point for the Sixers because if Ben goes out, you lose a great defender, mm-hmm. you lose a great shot creator for your other players, and then now you got to figure out who's going. to – That's going to alter your entire rotation of who's going to be your your main point guard. Stay in shape, boy. Guard, you got to you got to distribute those minutes some kind of way, man. So. Uh, I know MB and Steak and Shake had that thing on the court, but <laughs> in the next game, you know, they were patting on the back. You know, it kind of comes with the territory of playing ball. You know, you get caught up in the heat of the moment, but I know Embiid trusts Steak and Shake, and, uh, you know, if Ben does decide to get his knee scoped or does something to end his season, that will be, you know, something Brett Brown has to figure out because since he's been the coach, He's been under fire for rotations and all kind of stuff, like not being creative with the lineup, not getting mm-hmm. MB more space, not getting Ben more space, not putting Tobias in the best position at the time, not putting Jimmy or J.J. Redick in the best spots at times. time. So Brett Brown, clock he's going to probably have it, have, it, have his seat flamed up yeah. on the hot seat. That clock ticking. Stuff, stuff like this can make or break your, your coaching tenure.
1: Um, Let's let move on to the uh, teams that were like uh, – the most impressive and, and, and the least impressive so far uh, through these four games, um, what you got for a team? Most
2: impressive. Uh, I, I want to just go one team, but I can't. I got to go from the West. You got to go to Phoenix Suns, man. Yes. Four and no And, like, just this is the main thing is this is why the NBA did 22 teams and not just the top 16 or the top 20. Because now you have Devin Booker who – He's not a superstar in the league, but he's he's a very phenomenal player. He's trending towards superstardom. I can't call him a superstar because he hasn't made the playoffs yet, but he has a superstar skill set, mm. and at 23 years old, he's already entered rare air in a lot of scoring categories. But for the Phoenix Suns to be 4-0, that wouldn't happen under normal circumstances. You know, you would just have a phenomenal player sitting at home, probably getting ready to demand a trade or like, hey, what, <laughs> what are we doing here? Exactly. So, but now, you know, he's on a – basically a world stage because it all eyes are on basketball. So now a lot of people who aren't familiar with D book, they're getting familiar with him. They saw his clutch shots. So he's trending on social media, all this kind of stuff. So you gotta go Phoenix Suns in the West and on the East, you probably gotta I think personally, you gotta go Toronto Raptors. Just because of they're still impressive. They've had Van Fleet come out and go crazy. You got Kyle Lowry kinda go crazy. And one of my concerns with that team is I don't think they have enough guys who can in the crunch time go get you a bucket, but they've been proved me wrong by having these guys step up in these these key moments because you can always double see them and then he gotta kick it out. And you know, at times Kyle Lowry's gonna look iffy or stuff like that. But Van Fleet, I think he's in a contract year, so he's stepping up big and Kyle Lowry, he's potentially I think he's on an upcoming contract year, so he's stepping yeah. up. These guys are trying to get another bad guy.
1: I, <laughs> I would say, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with those two teams as well. Uh, you're talking about a team that the Suns started off really well, but then like Aiton went down for what 30 game suspension, and you know the rise of Ubre and all that stuff. And uh, I'm but
2: sad he's not out. There. Exactly,
1: and that's, and that's the crazy part. Like you, they haven't really been fully healthy, and they're still winning games. And uh, I think, I think if they had Oubre, I definitely would trust them a lot, a lot more uh, in these last, you know, last few stretches of games. Uh, and I'd rather, rather with you with Toronto. I mean. I man, we were talking about. It, I was like, man, I feel like they got they got enough, you know, because even even Ibaka can, you know, he'll have those games, where he's not missing shots. He's just seventeen, right? yeah, seventeen and so, 18 points. And OG is looking like he's, you talking about versus the Lakers, like he was the primary defender on LeBron, and then you got him scoring twenty points. Like these, these are the type of things that you need, and for a team who lost their who lost their superstar last year, it seemed like everybody took a step up outside of Marcus All. Who you know battling injuries and stuff, yeah, but he, he just did it. but he's, a but, he's a, but he's a veteran, and when it comes to playoff series, he's gonna be like he's gonna be a factor. Um, so you know you those two teams make a uh, a good example. But I I also got to shout your Spurs out, man. I I think I think the writing on the wall that they are they don't need LaMarcus Aldridge. Like like it's time to trade him. Like bro, we we've been talking about it for a <laughs> while. Like this 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 proving it why you don't need him. Man, it, it's just.
2: I, I love Lamarcus Aldridge, and we had a good debate about him back when we did, you know, the our 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 own Hall of Fame why he would not be in stuff like that, right. and just it's unfortunate for him. His game has it's, it's aged out. Like mm-hmm. the mid range, the they trying to catch it on on the post and post up. It doesn't fit the game anymore because you got him trying to post up get twos. The Rosen trying to post up and get twos, or at least get mid range. And then something else, people kill this guy on social media a lot, man. They kill him a lot, and I hate to pile on. But the Spurs being without Aldridge and Brian Ford, it's like the team has just kind of opened up. Like Derrick White's getting off. Uh, DeJounte Merchant playing good defense. Kelvin Johnson is looking like hey, the next emerging oh superstar. <laughs> Lonnie Walker, he's been playing solid balls like they had too many guards. Like you, you kind of taking Bill out of rotation. you were taking Forbes out of rotation. Now Derrick White's out here playing some of the best ball I've ever seen him play.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the proof is in the pudding, man. And you know, the Rosen is the Rosen. Let the game come to him. You you'll, you'll see him like just the Kings. He had five points going to the fourth quarter, and then boom, he ended up with like twenty something, and, and almost a triple double. You know, it's it's the the right guy right they they do need to be and I don't know who that guy is like bro
2: I'm still standing on the table of selling Marcus Aldridge to the paces to go be with his old coach Nate McMillan, and just take back miles Turner you need defense and a big that can space the floor Turner can give you some block shots hit mid-range and hit through you need a, a floor space yeah. and I stopped going to try to get Ibaka Marcus, saw something like that there really ain't too many guys you can get like that that's gonna be attainable anyway
1: right I about to say the only one that that, that... Probably, I mean, you don't know. Maybe, maybe Vucevic might be on the table. That's another guy who can stretch the floor, not the defense to Miles Turner, but uh you know, a guy who can who can get you a twenty and ten night. That that'll be you know. But you're right. I think Turner Turner would be a good piece just because he can move. You know, he runs down the floor too. So um though you know, the Spurs is showing a lot of signs, and who never you never know, they might get that nine seed, eight seed, and and be right there in the playing game. Um, I like the Spurs as well. And one more team that's very impressive, We everybody know it, is the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, just the fact that when they're healthy, it's a problem. And, you know, what we've been saying the whole time, they need front court scoring. We've been saying mellow to Blazers for at least two, three years. And it finally bro, happened, I got, bro. I got
2: a tweet, man. I got a tweet from 2019. The Blazers are mellow away from winning the West, and the Nuggets are Michael Porter Jr. away from winning the West. So I can't wait to they play in the game tonight.
1: That's that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I've been, bro. I've been saying I've been saying a Kevin Love or a Melo. You get them guy You need somebody that's not that's bigger than six four, a bucket. Like I love CJ. I love Dame, of course. But you know you gonna need somebody who can who can slow the game down and go get a mid range bucket or or throw it down to and go score. So I I think that's very unique. And then Nurkic, you know, I've already put him in my top five. No, you ain't you ain't with it. But top right, 10. But right now he's he's averaging like twenty two and fourteen. Uh, like three blocks, uh, passing the ball as well, and this guy has won me money as well. So, you know, that's that's a little extra on the side of it, but um, I I feel like this team is just complete, and when you have, like, a Gary Trent off the bench who can knock down shots, uh, the fact that you have a white side coming off the bench, rather, you know, like, white side as a starter, you know, you're like, oh, come on, but as a bench player, as a role player, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you want, and, you know, you see him versus the Rockets, obviously, they're not that big, but, you know, you see him be a factor, so... Um, I think the Blazers have have proved um, they belong in the playoffs, and you know when they when they all come down to a playing game or whatever. I mean, they get in there. I mean, Lakers, be ready. <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, did, did they need Nurkic and Collins back? Yeah, they did. But I hate it's killing Whiteside stats because he was the lead leader in block shots. You know, per you know, per game. So it's kind of gonna hurt his stats a little bit. But Whiteside did have a solid year. Um as far as, like, how they would match up with Lakers if they got the spot, it, it's going to hurt them to not have a reason That's a big body throw at Bron. They're not going to have Rodney Hood, another another solid body throw at Bron. So, that's going to kind of hurt them because I don't want to see Melo chasing Bron around, and I don't want to see Trent Jr. Or, or Simon chasing Bron around, you know, so they're going to have to figure out how they're going to slow Bron down. So he, he could average a know, about 30 it. points, a 30, a 30, 10, and 8.
1: <laughs> In the and, and first round, if you play them. I, I think the, the Blazers, like you said, those two guys are very important. But I think the Blazers match up well because to beat the Lakers, you, need, you need good guard nobody, play. You
2: know can stop them. Guard play. Ava Bradley. Right. And,
1: and you need, and you no need size. And you need size. You got to have good guard play and size. That's why the Jazz don't have Bagdanovich That kind of hurt them, but having Mitchell and Gobert, you know, guys like that. So those are teams that can that can really – Mess with the uh, the Lakers and like you said, LeBron probably gonna have to go crazy. But on then of that point, can he be that lead man like facilitating? Because he's right now so far through the bubble, he's that's what he's been doing. He hasn't you haven't seen that forty point LeBron, and you never know. Maybe it comes out before the 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 playoffs actually start. But you need, you're right. You need you need that from him to do that. But against the Blazers, but those four teams, man Raptors, Suns, Spurs, and Blazers. Like I'm so impressed uh, with them, and you know. If, if the Suns can do anything to, to help Devin Booker, you know, you, you, you're you not going to lose one of the best players in the league. So, you know, hopefully they can do something to, you know, maybe this this this, this bubble can be beneficial for him. And you see, like, okay, you know, in solid, and you got Rubio, and you know, all these guys, and maybe Cam Johnson might turn into something. Like, you you, you just got to hope. And, you know, Devin Booker, that's what you're probably looking at before he be like, uh, trade me out of here.
2: Yeah, I wanna shout Pacers out too, man. They were playing a pretty good ball. TJ Warren, you know, he kinda of had his first first game below thirty. I think he only had like sixteen today. Yeah. Still had a double double, I think sixteen and eleven. So he's still playing solid ball. You know, it's just you know, I mean, you the dude been shooting the lights out for three straight games. At some <laughs> point you will cool off. I yeah, mean, yeah, even, yeah. even 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 K D, Steph Curry, Kobe, Eric, even the greats have a eighteen, sixteen point game here and there. So uh, but the Pacers, they've been playing pretty good ball considering all they've dealt with on the depot, uh, so bonus all those guys. So, man, shout-out T.J. Warren. I know you were saying you want to see a one-on-one uh, last time we were <laughs> we we're here, man. So, shout-out T.J. Warren. He, he's still T.J. Buckets, man.
1: Uh, a couple teams that's uh, been unimpressive. Um, you know, team I had to go I, – I had to go with the Mavs as a whole, and that's just because, like I, – I think it's more because it's on a, it's on a stage now that – we can't play defense. <laughs> like, I think, I think that's what it is. I, I, and, you know, at some point you're going to have to strap somebody up, but you think, you think you look at the team. I mean, who you got, I mean, Porzingis. Yes, because he's long. You got Luca, you got Curry, you got Tim Hardaway. None of that screams out to me, defense. And, uh, you know, if you want to contend in the West, yeah, you can have all these shootout games and you have the capabilities of going to shootouts with people. Trade Burke off the bench. Like you got, you got the firepower to do so, but it's like, is it Is that going to win out or can you go far enough in the playoffs with that you know philosophy And i I don't i'm not sure they can um so
2: they're definitely going to be matchup dependent come playoff time they're going to have to hope that they can get draw like uh rockets yeah a a, a rockets (laughs) matchup, or maybe even denver like in a two seven three six like i I doubt they can get the four or five so they're going to need to try to draw yeah, the Nuggets, uh, Rockets, there. or Nuggets something like that because they if they get Clippers. I mean, they're gonna be out of here because the, the wing defenders over there are gonna be locking Luke up. When well, I lock you can't yeah, lock up can't superstar. lock him up.
1: you, know you can't lock Luke yeah, up.
2: Yeah, you can. You can lock up superstar, but you know he won't be as effective as he normally would be. All
1: right. I'm about to say yeah, if because a team like the Clippers who pride themselves on defense, like the whole team, like everybody, pride themselves on defense. It's gonna it's gonna be hard. But I mean, like like you said, like you gonna you're gonna have to find that matchup. But yeah, that's that's been unimpressive to me and obviously uh the grizzlies um and it's to me i think it's i think covid the reason why they are down like before before the break i know i was like the Grizzlies. they probably are gonna fall off just because they've been playing you know they've been playing too good and it's kind of hard to stop them and like but now they had the break and everybody's getting you know readjusted it's like the young guys just they just couldn't do it and you know the losing close games to the spurs losing uh, close games to well, the Jazz, so you're losing a lot of these close games, and you're not finishing. I mean, now you're about to go 0-8 because I really don't see no wins the rest of the way. Because we already talked about how hard the schedule was, and now no Jaron Jackson, who all he want to do is shoot anyway. I mean, you got you got to you got to hope the, the you know Brandon Clarkson and Dylan Brooks step up, and that's that's a lot to ask for when they, these guys are not, you know, 25 point scorers. So uh, the Grizzlies have been been unimpressive, but at the same time, it's like. Were they overachieving at the beginning? Maybe so.
2: Yeah, I won't knock the Grizzlies just because they're they're kinda in that mode that OKC was in. Like nobody thought they would even be there. So everything that they were doing was overachieving. Sure. But but a team that I thought coming into this thing, not regular season but coming into the bubble, who I thought should be very, very impressive based upon their schedule, the Pelicans. Yeah. I mean you guys got rested up. You had a chance. Zion's on Instagram and stuff looking like a freak of nature, looking like a doggone machine. And then now, you know, he's getting some games. He looked like he's kind of heavy, breathing pretty hard. And then you got all the rumors going on about his knee, his body. Is he breaking down? Is he not breaking down? Why are the Pelicans being so cautious with him? Why they want to just let him play, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Pelicans, they I think they've underachieved. Cause they had a, a very, very favorable schedule. And you know people are kind of thinking, all right, well, it's going to probably be them or the Blazers that can nap that eight spots, and we can get a a LeBron Zion or something like that. So, you know, I think the Pelicans have pretty, been pretty disappointing. And you and I were talking about it kind of off wax today, like how they might not even get the nine spot. Like they they lost terribly to the Kings today. Like they yeah. They have the magic and a couple other tough games coming up. They might not even be in position to get the nine spot. right now, they're they're in thirteen. Yes, and that, that's basically t- that's tied with the Spurs. That's tied with the Kings. That you still got to try to Elite Grizzlies, Blazers, and Suns. So they are they're in a pretty pretty tough spot going the rest of the way. They have to basically win out and get help from everybody else to even get where they need to be. So I'm more disappointed in the Pelicans more than anybody. And, of course, you know, I, I got to just mention uh, the Sixers just because of what they've been going going through. Still haven't learned how to space the floor out. I mean, I don't know. what. To, I don't know how many times you got to tell them. At, 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 at this point, I don't know how many times you got to see it. Y'all got to figure something out. I, hope, I don't want to see guys get injured, but maybe this being Sinistering can be a blessing in disguise for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it's just, it just so hard. Uh, I do like the Sixers one because you're right. You can't let TD1 get 53 I, I, Nobody's saying TJ Warren can't put the ball in the basket because that's all he's done his whole career, he did high school, college, but fifty three, like, come on, like that just that just unheard of. And then yeah, and you had to have and Shake hit a hit a just game winning shot just to beat the Spurs, and you know, so it's kind of like you, you you really not being what what we thought you would be. And you know, I thought coming to the bubble, the Pacers were going to be the team to fall off. Simone is getting hurt, Depot don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, and then you know, Broaden at the time wasn't there, so it's kind of like you thought they were gonna be the ones to take a step back.
2: Yeah, no, no, Jeremy Lamb, so. right?
1: No, Jeremy Lamb, and then yet yeah, the Sixers are. So we we all we all thought this the six seed gonna be the pace, and, and that way the the East, you know, the four or five are gonna be the great the, the great series, while two and three get out unscathed, on and one get unscathed. On but that's not how it's gonna play out. Now you're gonna have probably gonna have really all tough matchups. except The one and two seeds, so like this, even the six and three are gonna be something crazy because. The Sixers probably won't go away, but I don't think they're. I, I think this will be another year of underachieving, and and this this I mean I I hate I hate the I mean I, I think a lot of teams get that pass for like for COVID like you can have the pass okay well it's because of that that's what let's, let's wait to next year but I don't think Sixers are one of those teams I, I think this is the this is the time they break up and uh, you have to something have to go Brett Brown. uh Trade Embiid or you know some yeah. you got you got to do something because this this you're you're like Heat passed you, Boston not passed you, Toronto not going nowhere, Milwaukee as long as y'all was there he's not going nowhere so you're always going to be at least fifth or sixth best and Pacers got the bet, a better team than you you just got you know you just got a, a better player bigger man. names right stars exactly. yeah. so you got more stars so that's the reason why you you up there so you're six really anyway so. Sixers, man. I uh, I don't know, man. I, you're right. I don't know how many times you got to tell guys to be space, space, floor, but they just don't want to do it.
2: Yeah, with two years back to back of a second round ceiling. And this year, you could potentially be a first-round exit, and
0: if not... Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.
2: You'll probably get bumped in the second round, you know, because I think if they are the sixth seed, that'll be you versus Boston. If you get lucky and beat Boston... I doubt you'll beat Toronto in the second round. And then if you're the 4-5, or five, I thought coming into the year that they would have the firepower to beat the Bucks. But how they've been playing, I don't think they can do it. Or they probably can't even beat the Heat at this point. So, either way, <laughs> you're looking at a first or a second round ceiling. I mean, that is my final prediction coming into the year. But just the way they've been playing, now this has been stuff, it's not looking too good for Philly.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, Rashad. So uh, let's talk about who's going to get into this, into this playing game. I think that uh, I, I I think with now with four games left, it's kind of pretty much easy to see who's going to get there. Um, so we got we got the Grizzlies, who we I believe are going zero eight. They had they have, they have uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, the Raptors, Boston, and Milwaukee to end the season. Um,
2: yeah, they're, they're done. That's,
1: they're finished. Yeah, but we, well, we can go and stick a fork in them. toss and like out. and like the
2: crazy part is they're already at thirty two wins. Like if they probably just got one. one they'd be good. Probably good. I
1: mean, <laughs> that's that's, that's the that's crazy part. But I mean, I mean maybe the Bucks don't play nobody the last you know what I'm saying the last game of the season. But by then it might be too late. You know. So, um, the Grizzlies we can go put them out. We can go take them out. Um, so right now, right now the the, the standings is a uh, at eight. Portland 9, Phoenix Suns uh, as number 10, Spurs 11, Kings 12, and Pelicans are 13. Um, the furthest team back are the Pelicans and the Kings, and they're 2.5 back from the Grizzlies right now uh, with four games remaining. Um, Portland one game back, uh, Phoenix two games back, and so is the Spurs two games back as well. All right, so what do you think is going to happen? Um, if I had to make a prediction, I'm saying the playing game is going to be Portland Suns, and and honestly, that mean, that means the Sun's gonna be pretty good teams because they have Miami Knicks, uh, OKC, Philly, and Dallas. And you talk and we talked about Dallas defense, so I think Phoenix uh, you know pose a good threat there. Uh, Philly's being banged up and stuff. they pose a good threat there. Um, OKC, you never know what you're really gonna get. Uh, I think the OKC team is really is, is built really great as far as like you know guard play, Big men. you got wing shooting. I mean, um, they only
2: have uh, Schroeder right now.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of bad. But this this, this Dort guy's he's not he's not too bad. Um, yeah, um, and he also got Miami, which you know that probably might be a little bit too much for him. But you never know. We thought the Clippers were too much for the Suns. So um, I, I think I think the Suns and and the Blazers had the hardest schedules left, um, but yet I had the most confidence in them, and that's probably just because of what the bubble has shown me so far. Uh, Portland got Nuggets tonight. Uh, Clippers, uh, Sixers. Uh, Mavericks and the Nets. So uh that's another hard schedule except the last game of the season. So uh what are you saying as far as who who you think will get that playing game? Well,
2: I think the Blazers are kind of a lock. Just their mm-hmm. talent is too much to deny. I mean right. Even with their schedule I think they they have the talent to beat some teams and of course like you said with guys, you know, not not playing or just different situations stuff going on. So I definitely think just the Blazers talent will get them in the eight or the nine spot, and my my fandom wants me to chip for the Spurs to get there. Um, I I can see it happening because yeah. they are playing some pretty good ball right now. They haven't really lost any bad games. They they were pretty close with Denver. They could have took out Philly if it wasn't for the last second shot. But I I I did something about that that Pelican schedule, man. I just think they can they can kind of run off a few and get there. It just <laughs> like, it, it's, it, it, yeah, it's, you know it, 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 it. just something about that. I I I don't never say it's real, but it's just something about how their their last four games are set up, where I can just see the Pelicans just getting those wins and getting in there. I think they're gonna play the Grizzlies a couple of times, so either the Grizzlies gonna get one, and they're gonna be in there, or the Pelicans can kind of run the table. You you know you got the Magic missing Jonathan Isaac, still a talented team with missing Jonathan Isaac. If you're playing the Grizzlies, there. Missing some key guys and haven't really found their rhythm yet, and you basically have all the advantages with Ingram, Zion, and you got better shooting with JJ, great wing defender and twenty point guy and Drew. So I think it, it'll wind up being Blazers, Pelicans.
1: Um, the the Pelicans rest of their season they got the Wizards, so yeah, easy win, easy win. Uh, they had the Spurs, the Kings, who are in the same boat as them, and then they, they finished off with the Orlando Magic, who if 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 I was to say at at they should be at least two and two. Uh, now, what is, does that get you in? You know, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Spurs, though, because the Spurs got Utah, who's – Tough matchup, but it, they,
2: they play similar.
1: But is it really Utah when, when Gobert – uh, Gobert's already out, Conley's out, Mitchell's out, um, and I want to say somebody else is out, too. So, they're they sitting like four starters. So, Spurs should take care of that. The Spurs should take care of that. So, that would be a win for the Spurs – then you got the Pelicans versus Spurs matchup. Now, that could be a decided factor. But Pelicans also Pelicans, like you said, the way it's set up is for the Pelicans just because you beat Wizards, because they have nothing. I mean, my boy uh Hachimura out there who opened though, but and Troy Brown. But you beat the Wizards, you hold all the cards if you beat Spurs and the Kings. Like you beat you beat both of them, you knock them out. Like you, you take them out of the way. And then you finish off with the magic. So it is a path for you to go 4-0. You have the talent to go four zero because you play in the Spurs. I mean,
2: you basically got two elimination games. Like if you if you right. win both of them, they're out. But if you lose one, you kind of give you know a little free play to have your fate decided by somebody else's game.
1: Right. So at and, and the Kings, Kings got Houston and the Lakers. So Lakers probably won't be playing nothing, playing for nothing. But but the Kings, the Kings get the Rockets. Like you know, the Rockets are still playing for seeding. So you know you can. I mean, I'm not saying you can just chalk up a win because anything can happen. But it's like, as far as, you know, the favorite and underdog, they're going to be heavy underdogs in that game. And, you know, Fox and Bogdanovich and the rest of them guys can, can, can get – They went crazy they today. Went right. <laughs> so, they, can do, they might can do it again. So, uh, Kings, they do have the Nets. So, that's that's a good part of their schedule, having the Nets. And they get the Pelicans as well. So, I think all these teams can beat each other, you know, run around. But, like, Phoenix, yeah, their schedule is pretty tough. And but they don't hold no card, like they don't play anybody that's that's one of those teams. Neither does Portland. So I can see what you, what you mean by the Spurs, because Spurs, I mean, Utah twice, the Rockets and the Pelicans. If you beat the if you beat Utah both times, which you should tomorrow, and then you and you play the uh, the Pelicans, you you right there. And I don't know, man. It's go, it's gonna be an interesting battle. But uh, I, I just I just want I just want D Booker to like play the Blazers. But
2: see, the crazy the crazy thing is. A lot of these teams need to win three games and hope the Grizzlies lose out. And then even still, at that point, you know how is the, the the win percentage gonna play a factor because teams have played different amount right. of games. So, so that that's really gonna be a, a underlying factor too. But I know that I know just mathematically, the Grizzlies have thirty-two wins and Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, and I think even the Suns—they're all tied at twenty-nine. So yeah. I can't remember if they played the uh, same amount of games, but I just know that could be a factor in the win percentage part.
1: So the, the Suns are down two games to the Grizzlies, and they played the exact amount of games. Blazers played the exact amount of games as the Grizzlies. Um, I was the Pelicans. The Pelicans and the and the Kings have played, what well, have played? A, I think one more game. So uh, like you said, that's going to be that determining factor, uh, percentage wise. But you know, if it's Suns in Portland, you got to think. I mean, Memphis can they can beat somebody, but I mean, if it's going to beat anybody, it's because the Bucks lay down in the final game for the playoffs. Or they they surprise OKC. I, I don't think Boston and Toronto are in positions to – or even Thunder either, like to 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 not play hard and, and to not get these wins because seeding going to matter. And like you said before, if you're Dallas, you want to avoid the Clippers. Uh, OKC, you might want to avoid um, the Rockets or the Nuggets. I don't know who whoever, whoever the, the, the matchup base is for. So um, it, it's going to be very interesting. I just want D-Book to play Dame and like have this kind of like battle – and I I want like, you know, I, I want to be a couple Two
2: forty point scores, man. Right. Two guys who got they they
1: can light it up. And I really I really just want Dane to have not Dane, but D Book to like have this great game because you know everybody's always riding him about like, like not winning. And I mean obviously you when you put in that situation, you put in Phoenix and they draft Aiden instead of Luca. I mean, who knows how much things change or you know, you don't you don't have Oubre right now. So it's kinda of like you, you do have different things that's going against you. Phoenix don't really drive well. Guys they draft the first round, not the team anymore. Uh, Chris, he's on the Rockets now. you got Jaron Jackson. He went to the G – not Jaren Jackson, Um, Josh Jackson. He was in the G League at one point. And uh, Bender, Dragon drag Bender, he – nothing. Like, so uh, it's – you can't really blame D-Book for the situation he's in. So, it's like I kind of want him, like, to have this meaningful game, playing game, and, like, try to see if he can get in there. I mean, obviously, the Blazers are probably too talented, but it's worth a shot.
2: I mean, I'm just glad he's on the stage, man.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. To me, this is every game you playing is meaningful to me. So, this, this is he's ride or die, and they can't really lose no games. They want to make it. So you got, so you got, uh, so you saying, so you saying, Pelicans in Portland. I'm going with Phoenix in Portland. So, it's are pretty much saying that. We, do, so you, you, you don't believe in the Kings at all.
2: I did before, man. Like they were my coming into the season, they were my surprise team that could make the playoffs, and I had Blazers out, but of course, we know everything's changed with 2020. (laughs) But, I just, uh, without some of their talented pieces, man, I'm a little skeptical about the Kings. I'm I'm a huge fan of De'Aaron Fox. I love Bogdanovich, but no Bagley, you know, just a a couple, it's just a couple things about them uh, that kind of give me cause cause and concern, so. I get you. Uh, I mean, Luke Walton, decent coach, but it's just certain stuff about the Kings, um, I'm, I'm iffy about. And man, I need to talk to Apple Music, not Apple, but just Apple, iTunes. Somebody can when we when we type out Kings, can they stop autocorrecting the cones? Like, bro, I'm so yes. tired of that, bro. Like, bro, yes. I am so tired <laughs> of that. Like, every time you type out Kings, it I don't care if it's on Twitter, text message, whatever, WhatsApp.
1: Why they gotta autocorrect the cones? Wow. you write you write about that? I, I'm about to say I think I think my my be uh is it is it the Blazers? I I, I been typing too fast for myself, so that's, that's probably why I mess my own stuff up. But like I can tell bro, you right even now,
2: sometimes when you type in heat, it it, it, it auto correct to here.
1: Like bro, I know <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Start doing this to me. <laughs> and it, I feel like they be in your head sometimes. Like they be like, I know what you want to say, but let me go and mess you up. Then because I I type before I proofread, I just hit send tweet. Oh man, come on now! Like he, like today I, I put a tweet about you know about what we gonna get into next. I said he, but I meant to say B Hey, yeah, autocorrect. I was like, come on, bro. Let's That's just, it, just, bro. Yeah, apples. Yeah, it, come on, do better, please. It,
2: it, if it's within one and two minutes and nobody responded to it like it, oh, I go delete that tweet and recreate myself. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's a text message, it's, it's already gone. Then you gotta late. send like three texts like, I I mean kings, I'm calling, I mean
1: Kings <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's change gears to the NFL side, bro. Um, so, uh, two guys who's been disrespected a lot uh, in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I, I want to get our take on it. So Derek Carr came out and said that he's you know he's been respected. Uh, he's been one of the best. You know, he's been solid, a good completion percentage last year. Uh, not too long ago, he was a, a top five candidate for MVP. Um, to the, to the Raiders, twelve and four. And then you got Matthew Stafford, who, you know, he's been duct taping that franchise together since he had been there. Um, a poorly ran franchise from Barry Sanders to all the way to Matthew Stafford. Man,
2: just say just say forever.
1: Forever, yeah. You got you guys. You got <laughs> Megatron.
2: It, it, it just say it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, Megatron said, Megatron said, I ain't come back. Like he's <laughs> Barry said, I ain't come back. Like they just they just gave up on it because just how bad the franchise was. So. Um, who, who do you think was the most disrespected? Uh, who has been the most disrespected, Stafford or, or Derek Carr?
2: Um, honestly, both of them, man. And you could also throw in guys like Kirk Cousins too, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I think – I'm a huge fan of Matt Stafford, but I'm going to just lean Derek Carr for right now. Like he's – I mean, these guys been in trade rumors, trade talks, all kind of stuff, you know – we, we know the Raiders haven't been the similar to the Lions, but slightly better. They haven't been the most well-run organization over the last, what, probably 20 years. I mean, I know they made the Super Bowl in 2 with um, uh, Bill Callahan, once Gruden had left, and they lost to the Bucks in uh, a devastating performance. <laughs> and then kind of after that, you know, they were – I mean, Rich Gannon won MVP. You had Jared Rice on the back end of his career, but – For the most part, they were just drafting all these wide wide receivers, drafting Jamarcus Russell. you missing on every pick. Like, they were terrible (laughs) for so long. And then you finally get you a a decent year, Uh, 2016, Derek Carr's in the MVP race. but And you, you draft Khalil Mack, and, of course, you trade him to get some assets. But I think I would just lean Derek Carr for this conversation, man, just because outside of his rookie year, he's probably been one of the most underrated guys in the league. You know, you, you take his rookie year out, last five years he's completing 65% of his passes. That's, I mean, that's accurate.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He doesn't really turn the ball over too much. He has like a 2-1, to 2.5 uh, touchdown to INT ratio. He's had two 4,000-yard passing seasons. And then there were two other years where he barely missed 4,000 yards just, by just a little bit, you know, so, I mean – He's not the the Patrick Mahomes, or the Deshaun Watson, the Carson Wentz type of guy. But when you consider what he's had to work with, his career, I mean, what else do you want from the guy? I and mean, he's he's not gonna be the guy that can carry the franchise, but right. if you put him in a decent situation, he can make something work. And I think Stafford's the same way. Stafford's been duct taping Detroit and getting them to nine to seven for I don't know how many years. Like, and that's in a division with and Rodgers who for the better part of his career, has been if not the best quarterback, the second best quarterback, and at this point now, top five quarterback. And then you got Minnesota, who's always going to be from eight and eight to eleven to five any given year. And the, the Bears, Bears, I don't P. care. P. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care if it's Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, who <laughs> else? I don't, I don't. I don't care. Trubisky. I don't care. They're going to put out an elite defense, and you got to still go play them at. So their the field, field in the in, in the in the freezing in the freezing cold. Man. That's gonna always be a toss up matchup. And they had Lovey Smith, who's the defensive coach. So, you know, the Lions are I mean, they're in a tough division, man. So what Stafford's been able to do for them has been impressive.
1: Uh, let me take let me tell you how disrespected Derek Carr has been. These boys signed Marcus Mariota and they're talking about QB battle. That's disrespectful. Like, I don't know how disrespectful you can get. Like they're talking about some like you see, shows that like is Carr going to finish the season? Come on, like right? that, that's respectful. Like that's 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 when you know you're being disrespectful.
2: Yeah, unless you t- unless you're trying to say they're going to start tanking. That's the only way you pull a Derek Carr. That's the only Man. way you pull a Derek Carr. If you're not going to start tanking or trade him to somebody, that's the only way Mariota should play a game.
1: And and, that, and that, that's and that's what I guess he means because like you shouldn't be hearing these talks about Mariota starting like no. No, we we we've seen this in Tennessee. What what happens? But you know, may may out this guy coming out uh, college. So, you know, I I guess whatever. But yeah, that that's that is But yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna leave more of the staffer side because, like you said, Derek Carr is not going to be a guy to carry your franchise. He's not going to be in my homes. Russ, uh, we we know this. And when you know what you got and how to build around it. I mean, yes, he's not going to demand fifty million dollars like Mahomes getting, but a $25, million dollar quarterback who who can who can be a top twenty, top fifteen guy? You put the pieces around them like they have. Josh Jacobs, you got Waller, drafted Rugs, Tyre Williams. Like you got pieces. You drafted uh, uh Colt Miller, right tackle. You signed Trey Brown, left tackle. You got the pieces to you know p- to protect them, and the defense is slowly coming along. But you got what? Um, Clinton Farrell, Crosby, all these young guys, man, like. The Raiders are in a good position, so this this is the year for Derek Carr to show to show, hey, I can still do this. Um, but you know, like you said, for the Stafford part though, I think outside outside of Mahomes and outside of Mahomes and Russ, and obviously because the Ravens have this Lamar system that they run, Stafford can go anywhere, and I don't think a team like let's say for example like like the Packers. I don't think they fall off. like you don't know, like if Rogers gonna get you thirteen. I think Stafford could get you twelve to thirteen wins. I think he go to the Vikings. He might be a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. He go, he go, he go pretty much at least twenty five teams at least without debate that he can go on the team right now and win. And I, I think that's that's a lot of people like you know want to give him flack for not making the playoffs, not winning, or the Lions collapse. Well, outside of the Dominican Sioux and Sue Meg- and Megatron. Who who has been on his team that's better than him or close to him? I mean, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones are all fine players. Kenny Gowley emerging as a star. Never had a good running back. I mean, how many?
2: Never had a good O-line. O-line.
1: And he (laughs) he played, outside of last year, he played every single game up to this past season. And that's without O-line. The defense never was good. So, you have to have the shootouts to even compete. So I mean fired Jim
2: Caldwell way too soon, right? And now Patricia, I mean Patricia, he he had to pay just the check tree, man. but come on, man.
1: So yeah, so you you got these disadvantages. I think that Stafford is faced with, and yeah, you can say their excuses, but at the same time, like you know, I think I believe Stafford's a top ten quarterback. I, I believe, I've been saying that for a while, and you know when my team play him, I be I be nervous about him. I'm not. I mean, everybody, everybody else they get it where they fit in, but. Stafford, Stafford, one of those guys that you know, you know, you know the camera. You know, you're watching the game, and like the camera shows Stafford, and he's run. You know, like Rodgers and those type of guys, Mahomes, and they just running around or moving around the pocket, and the ball leaves the screen, and the TV go follow it, and somebody wide open. You be like, you be like, damn, how how did that happen? Stafford, one of those guys. Like I remember Romo do it effectively. Like even like, there's no way nobody open. He's dancing around, can't find nobody. Boom, accurate pass. I think Romo, Rodgers. Mahomes, all those guys be scary. I put Stafford right up there as far as like when, when the when the going get tough, like you know something about to happen. He he throw the thing up to Galladay perfectly, Marvin Jones perfectly. Go Tate take it off and he go twenty yards for a touchdown. So I I think he he always he always had good receivers, at least one or two. Um, but the running game, the O line, all that stuff matters uh, in football. And you know he don't got it. But so Stafford has been respected because when you say your top ten, people want to say oh, he don't win. But I think it's pretty much similar to like Devin Booker and all those guys like that in the NBA.
2: Yeah, everybody's situation matters, man. Like, depending upon – I mean, this is a caveat, but depending upon how at this stage of their career you value Brady and Breeze, Stafford is a top-10 quarterback. I mean, all right, we're going to definitely say Mahomes is number one and Russ is number two. And then I think you have to say Aaron Rodgers is still top five, top ten. You got to put Deshaun Watson up there. You got to put Wentz up there. So, that's, that's like five guys who you can say are better than Stafford. I'd say Matt Ryan also. But after that, and we, I guess we'll say Lamar, he's a running MVP. But after that, you know, it's, it's debatable because Brady's older. Breeze is older. Um, depending upon how you value Dak, you can throw him in there. But Stafford, even Kurt Cousins as well, like they could be top ten quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, and they're right there. So, it's it's like – you know, I I feel for Derek Carr, I feel for Stafford, but like you know, situations like you said, it doesn't matter. And the Raiders are putting something around, at least for the quarter, whoever the quarterback will be. Now, what, what, do they believe in Derek Carr for the long term? I don't know. Uh, but they signed Mariota's like a two or three year deal. So yeah,
2: two year deal. So yeah. he's
1: the backup. And who if they either draft a T Law or Justin Fields, they tank whatever. But I don't I don't think Derek Carr is a is a, is a bad fit there. And you know, we'll see this season what he can do. Uh, I don't think the Lions just the Lions don't have the roster to compete with the Packers and the Vikings and, and they'd be right there with the Bears and I think the Bears have a better roster than them so it's like and you know you know and the coaching don't really help the Lions either um, it
2: doesn't <laughs> right so it's
1: so it's kind of like you know Stafford not gonna be in a good situation again so I I'm I'm really hoping and I'm really praying that the Lions cut them you know because they couldn't do it this year cause it was like a. A $30 million cap hit. hit. But next year, I think it drops to, like, in the teens. So, I mean, maybe the franchise will maybe want to move forward to find the next guy. That's what I'm hoping. Or Stafford want to leave because he gets to a situation where, you know, all these, all these jobs coming up next year, like, what if Canada's work out in New England or whatever, and he go pair with Josh McDaniels. You, you, you let him get into a, a, a stable franchise, like, good luck.
2: Yeah, Stafford, he, he's 32 right now, I think. So, you know – and Derek, Derek Carr is under 30. He's like 28, 29. So, you know, you got New England where that's a good head coach, offensive coordinator that can help both guys' career resurge or how, how long does Brady last, how long does Breeze last, where they can kind of go to um, New Orleans right. or Tampa Bay, something like that, man. Or if they can finally get out of their own way, you let get Foles out of there and get Trubisky out of the Bears. They're putting hey, chill, together.
1: chill. I don't want that.
2: <laughs> and, then, and, and then you got to think about, man, the Washington football team, that's a spot with Ron Rivera. So, you know, you got some good spots yeah. that these guys could land in and, and potentially have some success because outside of the Cowboys, I mean, I like the Eagles' potential, but the Cowboys kind of have like a set theme. But, you know, that's a tough division anyway. But Dame Jones emerging. And I think I think a Washington football team is a, is a, is a QB away. Cause I, I, don't, I don't trust Haskins at all. Hey, and I want, I want him to be great, but I don't trust Haskins at all.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe Haskins just needed a little break for the Washington football team. Haskins and them boys. <laughs> <laughs> Haskins and the boys, man. Hey, so we got a few minutes. Um, so next week, uh, we're going to talk about our profit playoff theory. Um, I think I think that when we explain this to everyone, it, it, it's it's going it's going to make a lot of sense, and we're going we're going we're going to show proof. Of, of, you know, of last season, the year before, and I think for the for the people who like to gamble on teams, um, and while we predict the teams that we do, um, you know things change. For example, uh, we we both we both liked the Steelers last season. Um, obviously, when Big Ben went down, we we had to bail. I know I did. I because I because you you went from potentially the best quarterback in that division to the worst quarterback in that division. So and that's even with the Bengals having you know uh who's the backup who who did, even with, yeah they, Ryan Finley was in there. And they had
2: Ryan Finley and he still, still then then Rudolph
1: better. and Doug Hodges exactly so so when we i mean I don't really want to give too much away about what we think the what we think of uh teams that make the playoffs what what they got in but but going going through everything like even was like you know going through research and everything that we've been doing um, I thought I thought like when you look at the rosters, look at the quarterback, you would be like, okay, I can see where y'all going to fit in. Take a look, take a peek at the schedule, see what things are going to happen, and you would be like, yeah, there it is, right there. Like, and you can, you pretty much can find out who's going to make the playoffs. Uh, outside of you know key injuries, I mean, and, and that's and that's where the theory comes into play, and that how the theory is going to be like be able to fluctuate throughout the season. Uh, we just named, we named one example with Big Ben. Uh, I would think another example would be, um was another Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, so Aaron Rodgers go down a broken collarbone or something. That that changes your whole outlook on the NFC North. Um, I think in the NFC South, we, we, first of all, we was I was in Atlanta to win the division um but i just can't get this defense.
2: yeah we, we 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 both were riding we, we was heavy, man. we and was
1: riding that last year but you know you, you would think this defense would come alive at some point and they and they they couldn't get it together and uh and even even with breeze went down it was like man do we like build on Atlanta? Or do we build on the saints too but who are you gonna go to um and then like um it, but the falcons showed you what they could have done toward the end of the season so it's kind of like all right all right Atlanta. like you couldn't do that early in the season so I think it's gonna be a good a good way to predict. Uh, what, Even the Titans, how we were saying, Maryland holds you back,
2: and you put Tannehill in, you'll surge a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, it's just, yeah. it, it it can go different ways depending upon your situation and stuff like that.
1: Right. Uh, I think I think uh, this season. I think this season, you can kind of see the writing on the walls for most teams. Um, I would say, like, uh, just to give out the division, like an AFC East. Uh, you know, you know, trying to debate. Who's who's better, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Who's going to take that next step, trying to catch that one versus all right? Cam's here, established, but is he going to be healthy? And I think you know, with the Miami team, all right, they have they have a great roster building around building around everything they got, and if they can strike gold, here they are. So, and this is this really how we predicted our our surprise teams. And I mean, if, if
2: I'm if I'm Sam Donald, I'm opting out. <laughs> Hey you! Hey, hey you! Funny. I'm, I'm, I'm making a late call. Like, <laughs> hey, I got to opt out.
1: Hey, you funny for that one? Because Adam Gates would probably get fired if Donald opt out. Um, but he yeah, anyway. but yeah, like we we this playoff this private playoff theory works because if we had if we believed in our theory more, you would have put that money on the 49ers because you was all in on everything. I was all in the bills. Like we could have capitalized so much last year and. I think I think this year we're we're going to capitalize again on, on, on a certain few teams. So um, make sure y'all tune in to that because that's going to be a good one.
2: Should have said that was under too.
1: I did, but I had parlayed I parlayed <laughs> it with something else and I lost it. So you know you, you, you can't you can't do that. So um, anyway, that's 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 all we got. So make sure y'all tune in down next week, man. That's going to be a really really good one. Um, with whatever, Shaw, so you got anything you just want to say, man?
2: Nah, man, they know where to find us at, man Check the website, follow the Twitter Get you some merch Use the 12 ounce Sports Code You know, we got everything, man Basketball, football, hockey, baseball Tune in to 12 ounce Sports Check out, check us out on Twitter, Instagram Follow our personal accounts All that good stuff Oh yeah,
1: preach, preach. we're Riverside. We out